All right. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, today is the, is it the last Saturday in the month already? No, it's the fourth Saturday of the month. I get confused. So it is time for overcoming autoimmune diseases with Dr. Melissa Mandala and Dr. Michael Ayu. And today they are going to be talking about overcoming neuropsychiatric symptoms in autoimmune disease. Please welcome them to the show. Nice to see you again. Good morning. It's wonderful to be here on a Saturday. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, Chef AJ. Of course. This is, so many people have autoimmune diseases, and you guys really unpack the different aspects of it. So we really appreciate you diving deep into the science. Yeah, no, it's what we do every day, and it's nice to bring it to life with bite-sized information. Yeah, right? we love seeing patients with autoimmune disease in our clinic. Um, patients come from all over the U.S., the world. When there's no other answers, they come to our clinic. Well, good. I'm glad you're there. So uh, neuropsychiatrics, uh, this is not something I don't think we've ever talked about on the show that I don't know if people are familiar with that this even can happen. Yeah, it's a combination of two words, neuro and psych. So basically, the brain is affected from autoimmune disease and the neural part, sometimes it can lead to seizures and stroke, but the psychiatric part people don't usually know is the depression, anxiety and psychosis. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting topic and we're going to blend both information in because it's often under-recognized and undervalued in medicine. I can't wait. I love learning things like this. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's great. I think um, there's so much to um, shed light on um, because we, every day we have patients who, who can't tell the difference. Is the anxiety or the depression coming first or is it um, both? And usually it's a combination of both. Um, and we'll yeah, walk you through it all on a Saturday morning and hopefully it can brighten up your day because there is hope on the other side. Terrific. Yeah, so we can share our screen. So one moment, um, Micah will be um, talking first and- Yes, no, let's, let's see, no, let's, Hello. No, let's see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is right, you know, it's so great. It, yeah, we're gonna start from the beginning. We were at the, we were in the middle um, of the, the lecture. Do you see our screen? Not yet. That's why sometimes some people like, let's start with the screen, the slides on. Oh, yes. It's always one time we don't practice it that it's, yeah, there you go. Okay, so we'll start from the very beginning. Wonderful. And thank you, every, you everyone, for your questions. I've been going back and trying to give you a thumbs up or a comment. Um, so we appreciate all the questions. It keeps us um, on our toes because some every person's different. <laughs> everyone has a different story. So um, we're happy to help answer those questions. Excellent. So we're going to get started. Um, so the title of our talk is Overcoming Neuropsychiatric Symptoms in Autoimmune Diseases. And this is this talk is only for educational purposes only. And um, Melissa will talk about her background first. Yeah, so basically you all know me, friends. Um, I'm family and lifestyle medicine boarded. I completed a primary care psychiatry fellowship and also um, the part of the Integrative Psychiatry Institute. Um, also, there's different titles in lifestyle medicine. So I have the intensivist because I finished a fellowship at Loma Linda University and then former board member at the ACLM, American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And we're both co-founders of Dr. Lifestyle Clinic. And our Dr. Lifestyle Clinic is in Newport Beach, California, where we see patients all over the U.S. and the world. And I'm Dr. Micah Yu. I am board certified in internal medicine, rheumatology, and lifestyle medicine. I finished my fellowship in integrative medicine at the University of Arizona, where I learned about supplements, herbs, and mind-body medicine. And I also graduated from the um, Institute of Functional Medicine, where I earned my certification in functional medicine, where I learned about the root causes of medicine. And we're going to get started with our social media handles, which is my Autonomy MD on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. And that's my website. And Dr. Melissa's is at Dr. Melissa's Kitchen on social media as well. And a website, if you want to make an appointment, it's drlifestyle.org. We just went through a facelift. So it's, there's different colors and uh, new pictures. We have blogs and recipes there. So mm -hmm. I, I think you'll love it. So let's have our objectives. We're going to talk about what rheumatoid arthritis is. Signs and symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. We're going to talk about depression. We're going to talk about rheumatoid arthritis and mental health. 
um, and talk about the tools that we can use to help with mental health as well. So this talk is about not only rheumatoid arthritis and mental health, but autoimmune disease in general. So this can, the mental health part can apply to all types of autoimmune diseases. So what are the traditional causes of autoimmune disease and rheumatoid arthritis? Well, it's a combination of environmental factors and genetics. The risk does go up with age and it's higher in women. So more women have rheumatoid arthritis than men. Smoking is a risk factor, obesity. And women who have never given birth may have a higher risk. So there might be association with hormones and rheumatoid arthritis as well. And in a lot of autoimmune disease, we find that women tend to have more of these different autoimmune diseases than men. Uh, and we're still trying to explore why. It could be due to the hormones and genetics, but hopefully in the next couple of decades, we'll, we'll find out pinpoint why exactly women have more autoimmune disease than men. And rheumatoid arthritis is a disease of the joints, um, but it can attack multiple body parts, including the eyes, the heart, the skin. So it can include a lot of different manifestations. But when you think about rheumatoid arthritis, typically you think about joint pain, stiffness, and swelling. And that's typically what we see, but it can go beyond that. And I mentioned signs and symptoms briefly already. So typically patients with rheumatoid arthritis will have uh, pain in their fingers or their feet. Um, you can even get in your shoulders as well. But the stiffest we at least 30 minutes usually. Um, it can get better with movement, but it will be hot, red, and swollen usually on the joints. Uh, but it can be very subtle as well. If you're at the very beginning of your disease, you might not notice that many symptoms. So it can take time to get diagnosed and to be recognized by doctors. And as I mentioned earlier, you can get conditions affecting the eye. It's called scleritis or uveitis, where you get an autoimmune attack of the eye. You get fatigue, which we will talk about in future talks with Chef AJ. Lung scarring and nodules, um, you can definitely get that with RA. So patients can sometimes have inflammation in their lungs where they have difficulty um, taking deep breaths or even walking up the stairs because they're so winded from inflammation of the lungs. Heart disease risk does go up. You can get rashes from rheumatoid arthritis. So a lot of different things that are unpleasant can manifest. And there are conventional treatments uh, such as regular medications uh, when things get really severe, the joints get deformed, surgery is an option. And there are physical exercises that can help keep the joints mobile, that can assist in improvement. Um, there are supplements you can take like turmeric, omega-3 fatty acids, you can take SPM active and other supplements as well that can help with inflammation. But overall, it does take a multi-pronged approach to help this disease. And we're going to talk about some neuropsychiatric symptoms because RA and different autoimmune diseases can affect the brain and it can manifest itself as anxiety, depression, and other uh, psychiatric symptoms. So that's why this talk is so important because it's not talked about enough, especially in the autoimmune disease world. Yeah, so let's just talk about depression. I mean, we know from pre previous talks that I've um, led that it's, you know, very, very common. Um, this, the symptoms are usually um, not just a course of a day, but over two weeks. Um, sometimes people have it for months or years. Um, but it's this overall feeling of persistent sadness, hopelessness, um, loss of interest. We've all been there, but this is more, I would say, um, persistent, um, that no matter what's happening around in their life or environment, they still feel dull inside. They still feel overwhelmed um, by their emotions. Um, and it affects their daily life where most of the time they may not have the um, appetite to eat. Um, you'll see sometimes the most early signs is the um, weight loss um, in people who are severely depressed, or you'll see that um, they may be overeating. And that's, um, you know, we know that one out of three people are overweight or obese. And, but I always screen for depression first because there's usually an underlying depression in those types of patients. Um, and not only does it affect their eating, but also their sleep. So it's, it's unfortunately, it's a cycle where if when there's inflammation in the brain, um, they're less likely to be able to um, have a quality sleep. Or if you have less sleep, you're le more likely to cause inflammation. So it's a bi-directional um, relationship and 
people have insomnia or hyperinsomnia. So hypersomnia, which means they may be sleeping 10, 12 hours a day and multiple naps during their day. And um, they unfortunately have a hard time um, connecting with people around them or even at work. Um, so um, it's very dear to our hearts because um, this happens at a very young age um, and lupus autoimmune diseases typically affects even um, our young teenagers or 20 to 30 year olds and they are walking around um, depressed and anxious. Um, so there is definitely a connection between rheumatoid arthritis and mental health. We have seen that um, chronic uh, medical conditions um, just alone is linked to higher rates of depression and suicide. Um, RA is a chronic illness that affects 1.3 million adults um, in the U.S., and that's quite a lot. Um, and sadly, that um, about 13% up to 42% of cases. So that's nearly half of people uh, with RA have some major depression disorder. So that rate is two to four times higher than the general population. So automatically, when someone is experiencing brain fog, joint pain, it kind of puts their mind in this sense of feeling um, sad and hopeless and maybe even lonely because they're very different than their friends or family. Um, they may have social isolation or uh, withdraw from um, social events. And so um, with this likelihood, there is really a big need to support um, our mental health in those people with RA or lupus or any autoimmune disease, because it is not only so um, a difficult disease, number one, but number two, it is um, a, a disease that shocks the body. It affects all the body parts um, in a way where um, they can really uh, cause some disability later on in life. And I'll show that um, statistics, and not just because of the pain, but also because of the depression. Um, people with RA also um, commonly experience anxiety and sleep dis disturbances, so not just depression, but anxiety too, and likely because of this mechanism here. So the research is um, more and more evolving because of the attention to autoimmune disease and the immune complexes. So these are autoantibodies. What does that mean? It just means, um, I would say, sticky debris in, in the blood um, that crosses the blood-brain barrier and starts to go into the brain. And this um, stickiness, the, these immune complexes go and infiltrate um, the, the, circula the circulation, the blood system. Um, but then it also causes um, an attack on the the synaptics. So what does that mean? That's where the neurotransmitters, all the communication, the wires in the brain, it, it's not as clear anymore. And that's what causes brain fog, depression, anxiety. Um, there's an increased rate of arthrosclerosis. So that's why we have increased rates of a stroke. So there's this cytokine, um, I would say, reaction. Sometimes they even um, go to say cytokine storm. We see that in COVID patients or long COVID patients. So there's a storm of debris and um, foreign body um, and clumps of material that goes into the brain. Um, and so it, in the research we've seen is that lupus and its treatments so can also impair uh, mental health and emotional health. So sometimes the medications itself, including steroids, um, including those DMARDs that Dr. Yu talked about, um, can um, heighten um, the depression and anxiety. So it's not very easy to treat, um, once again, uh, the, the depression, anxiety, or even the lupus, because sometimes the medication itself can worsen um, the mental health piece. Um, about 89 to 90% of people with lupus have um, feelings of depression, headaches, and um, fatigue, and brain fog. 25% of these people may have major depression, um, and then 37% have major anxiety. So once again, high, high rates of mental health disorders um, and conditions for the, our lupus population in our community. Um, there are the immune complex um, depositions, as I talked about, that cause not only stroke, but something called vasculitis. So Dr. Yu is very aware of that because vasculitis not only affects um, all the arteries, um, the skin, um, getting um, bruises and rashes, but also in the brain where you have um, 
the symptoms of seizures, strokes, memory loss. Um, so I have patients who can't even remember sometimes. They don't understand um, um, why they're getting short-term memory loss or they have forgetfulness or they are, aren't as good at calculating things anymore. So this, this cognitive um, depression or cognitive dysfunction where um, they're not able to finish tasks as quickly as they could. And that's literally because of the lupus interaction in their brain um, and the cytokines um, that are accumulating in their brain. So we definitely have to look at the underlying cause. That is the key because it's not crystal clear. It's not um, necessarily a key in a lock where you, you give a medication like an antidepressant or antipsychotic or a mood stabilizer like lithium or um, carbazepine. These are just medications that treat um, seizures too. Um, they may not even um, be able to um, be relieved from the traditional medications that you would treat depression, anxiety, or seizures from. You actually need to go deeper and imagine a tree. Um, you, most of the time in medicine, um, people just treat the leaves on the tree um, the, um, in itself, but we got to go down to the roots and see what, what's causing it. What's the inflammation caused by? Is it their lifestyle? Is it their food? Um, and that's where we want to introduce you um, later on in the talk, because it's it's not just one size fits all, but it's not just one treatment um, for one person. And once again, um, steroids in itself um, can cause depression, mania. Uh, mania is when people think they're on cloud 10 or and they can conquer the world and they're superwoman, superman, and they often get to want to spend a lot of money or um, or just um, do excessive things that they wouldn't do otherwise. Um, psychosis means they're in a, a place where they may be having hallucinations, seeing and hearing things, or they may ta be talking about even religious things um, at a hyper um, sense um, sense um, level where they don't realize that they're um, not they're not in reality. <laughs> That's the big picture. And so other times they may be confused or in euphoria where they think everything's fine and dandy when there's maybe a tragedy in the world, but they think, oh, it's okay. Um, and this is, you know, as um, physicians, um, people who specialize in psychiatric backgrounds, um, we're able to identify it. So don't go out there thinking you may be one of those without um, a medical um would say guidance. Um, but then sometimes the less um, severe symptoms can be poor concentration, headache, and mood swings, especially at high doses of steroids. So steroids are not always the way to go, and it's not, especially not long-term. Um, so lupus, stress, and fatigue, um, that's huge um, because fatigue and stress can impact our lupus patients throughout the entire day. And really, um, stress is a manifestation of um, our environment or maybe some thoughts and beliefs that are um, not as healthy or skewed or that need support. And unmanaged stress often leads to fatigue, depression, and anxiety. So first, we want to manage our stress. We really want to get the support of our mental health providers. We really want to um, spend some time in the sun, take some walks, um, so that it is a way of an outlet um, to relieve our stress. And once again, up to 90% of patients with lupus experience fatigue. So I know it may be hard to get out there and go for that walk or cook a healthy meal, but when we... Um, and just find the earliest signs of stress or um, hopelessness. Um, start early on so that it, you don't feel like you have to be bed bound. Um, so that's my encouragement. In, and really, we want to know that there is a, a deep connection, not only to fatigue, but also pain. Um, so I know that's something that keeps us indoors is um, when, we're, when we're depressed and anxious, but the pain is often is a barrier. And so the experience of pain can trigger the onset of depression. We know that um, when we're in pain and stiff and we just want to stay home and be um, in a place of comfort. Um, the suffering from chronic pain can lead to significant physical and emotional strain, not only in the home, but even with our relationships. Our own spouse may not even be able to um, understand the severity of our pain and why it, it's happening. And, you know, they're, they're doing their best they can. Um, and why do we need all those doctor's appointments? And I would say, once again, um, the more we learn, the more we get support. If it's um, having these podcasts, reading, encouraging books, seeking psychologists, the more um, we can um, understand what our triggers are. Um, and so 
there are certain chemicals in the brain and nervous system, including stress hormones like cortisol and neurochemicals such as serotonin and neuroepinephrine. So all of these um, are very important to help regulate our um, our mental health, our our brain, our even our pain. Um, and so this can impact um, our mood, our thoughts, our actions, leading to depressions. And research shows that depression anxiety can lower a person's threshold. So there, you know, there are some people and out there and you we all know this um we have friends or family or um you may see um how can someone be in so much pain they're in a wheelchair you know they still have a smile on their face how can someone um um still live how can they volunteer or how can they um be, still be a mom and and have the energy to run around and see their kids and literally when we are able to address our our values our thoughts our and find other healthy coping ways to um view our autoimmune disease we can cope better with depression anxiety but also lower our pain threshold so it's not so bad right we can cope better and we may not um, uh, sense the pain as much um, and so there's a complex I would say, interactions between um, our uh, autoimmune diseases, RA, um, and mental health. So RA in itself has inflammation, fatigue, and pain. Um, and yes, it's important to take your meds if you are um, prescribed that. And if you need um, someone to support you through lifestyle or natural ways, get that type of support. Because, you know, um, sometimes people feel that medications are, are very overwhelming. And knowing that they can work hand in hand with lifestyle or even possibly um, go into remission with a healthy lifestyle, then that's that's great because you can learn healthy coping mechanisms through exercise and eating healthy, managing your stress and mood, um, and then getting the, the social support as well. And then knowing that um, when we have a healthy, um, healthy, in, I would say, disease state, when we're not as inflamed, we're able to cope better. Um, we'll have a happier mood. We're not as hopeless. We're not as fatigued. So um, really getting to the root cause can help. Um, when we think of mental health and inflammation, um, we know that it can contribute um, to um, not only disability and pain, um, but we look at certain, um, I would say, lab markers. We look at C-reactive protein, um, which is a marker for inflammation, and that's 31% higher than those without um, symptoms of um, depression, anxiety. So there is solid research there that the higher the CRP is, the more likely depression, anxiety is. And then we also look at um, other uh, lab values um, that are cytokine induced, um, meaning um, interleukin 1, interleukin 6, tumor necrosis factor alpha. So there's this cytokine induced depression um, we see in studies that have higher um, labs of these cytokines. And these are often not only included in the, the mechanism of pain and arthritis, but also depression. And when we think about RA in the brain, once again, it's not just depression, anxiety, but we've also seen it in schizophrenia, bipolar. And that's what I was talking about, the mania and the psychosis. Um, sometimes people have no idea um, that they have autoimmune disease. The first um, syndrome that is diagnosed is schizophrenia for some people or bipolar anxiety. And then until they dig deeper and get the appropriate labs and talk about um, their pain or their stiffness of their joints is that when they see that they have rheumatoid arthritis or lupus um, or any other autoimmune disease. So basically it's so important to um, scan and screen for both. Um, lupus and other stressors. So we know not only does um, we it affect RA, but lupus. So once again, um, the non-lupus um, factors that we often need to address is not only stress and smoking, but infections, hypertension, um, even the when you see epinephrine, that's the fight or flight um, mechanism where people think they're at war with their bodies or at war with life. And so we really need to find ways to decrease the, those factors of smoking stress, um, even keeping our immune system healthy so we don't aren't prone to infections. We want to make sure we, we are also 
taking good care of our blood pressure and our diabetes if we have that. Um, and then the SLE related factors are the pure cytokine production. That's the what Dr. Yu often talks about is those autoimmune um, antibodies. And they are, and what happens once again, they cross the blood brain barrier and they're impacting everything in the brain. Um, and the, the wires, the microglia, the how things are re, um, wired. And so people feel get into this cycle where um, they're, they don't know why they're thinking the way they are. And it's literally because the com immune complexes are uh, um, getting in the way of their cognition and it's becoming rewired and they end up being stuck in this depression anxiety cycle. Um, and it's, you know, some people are doing the best they can, but it's literally the, the disease itself. Um, once again, you'll see um, there's other factors that, that affect fatigue and lupus. So there's vitamin D insufficiency, even anemia, obesity, um, poor quality sleep, the use of steroids, fibromyalgia, um, even hypothyroidism. And when there's a um, high, I would say, cortisol, the adrenal complex is becoming um, really imbalanced. Um, and so what we do with our, our patients. And I encourage for every everyone out there to kind of put your your health in your own hands too, um, because that's where we can work together. And I and really just maybe writing down how your symptoms are, how intense they are, the timing of your fatigue, how it impacts your physical and mental health. So I often have my patients journal um, what that means to them and how it affects their quality of life, because it really opens their eyes to see that impact and maybe find ways of um, really communicating that with our providers or um, with us, because sometimes people have no idea that there's a relationship between their mental health and their autoimmune disease. And once again, um, we know that it's important to um, use different agents to um, suppress the immune flares. So if it's through medications, but also psychological interventions, pain reduction, exercise, and lifestyle changes. So we love using lifestyle as a tool because it's our biggest, I would say, weapon. It really, really works. Um, it can really help support the immune system. And when we see is um, from this study in the Frontiers of Nutrition in 2017, um, we know that the factors that cause autoimmune disease are often um, unhealthy food antigens, so from processed foods, um, um, even animal products, um, environmental factors, genetic factors, and that really increases the RA progression, the inflamed synovial membrane. So that's the, the juice between the joints. Um, and then um, we have immune cells that really go up and, and you get a flare. In, um, however, there's studies that show the vegan diet, so whole food plant-based diet, the elemental diet, um, the elimination diet, and the med Mediterranean diet have all decreased inflammation, synovial infiltration, of immune complex um, inflamed synovial membrane has gone down and the and then RA itself has been able to be stable it hasn't been able to it didn't progress to heart disease or mental health conditions or um, skin conditions manifestation. So what do we recommend often in our clinic? We say definitely fruits, vegetables, beans, nuts, and seeds, the whole variety, especially omega-3. Um, so that's going to be found in our, our pumpkin seeds, our chia seeds, our walnuts, um, wonderful things that we can eat and incorporate in our meals. And then whole grains, so brown rice, quinoa, oatmeal, these are complex carb carbohydrates. So we don't have to be um, afraid of carbs, right? Um, they have fiber. They just have sustainable ways of giving us energy and help regulate the blood sugar, um, which can improve our mood and energy levels. And then we have leafy greens, such as spinach, kale, broccoli, our favorites for salads and smoothies. Um, and that's rich in folate um, and B vitamins. And that's very, very important for our brain health. That's one of the fuels that helps our, our brain move um, through all its mechanisms, and it even complements the medications that some people are on. And then nuts and seeds. Um, once again, I mentioned our favorites, but there's almonds and chia seeds, and then that has healthy fats and fiber um, and protein, and once again, improving our mood. And then we can't forget our fermented foods. So kefir, yogurt, kimchi, sauerkraut, these are high in probiotics um, that can enrich our gut microbiome and support our mental health.
And then often we see that specific foods, um, we are important for the mental health processes, especially we call it the MAO, the monoamine uh, oxidase. And so what does that mean? It's basically, this is similar to what a medication does um, because there's medications we call MAO inhibitors, um, but we see these types of mechanisms um, through uh, the plants itself. So apples, berries, grapes, onions, green tea, even our favorites, um, cloves, oregano, cinnamon, and nutmeg. So you can really make a nice dish or a nice, um, I would say, um, cinnamon latte um, with plant-based milk by enjoying that, but also improving your mental health. So these foods are shown to um, lower rates of depression. And the more fruits and vegetables you eat, the happier, the calmer, and the more energy you can feel. So uh, food is medicine, and I, that's why it's so important to eat this on a daily basis throughout the entire day. And definitely there's some foods to avoid because when we talk about inflammation, um, there are pro-inflammatory foods um, that we see, especially that increase the arachnic acid that impairs the, the mood um, and inflames the brain and worsens our chronic diseases, worsens our autoimmune diseases. The top five sources of arachnic acid um, showing in the research um, that, are, that produce inflammation are chicken, eggs, beef, pork, and fish even. And although chicken and eggs are alone contributing more than the others, the top sources are, are actually um, still going to be um, our chicken and egg. Um, so it's just so common. We, most of the time people think, well, I'm not eating pork, I'm not eating beef. But because we are over consuming chicken and eggs, we see in the research that that's actually, that's why we have a higher rate of arachnic acid. But there might be higher um, components of arachnic acid made in the beef and the pork, but it's people um, tend to eat more of the chicken and the egg. And so there are a lot of um, studies that show when there are higher rates of ironic acid in the blood, they may end up with significantly higher risk of suicide and major depression. So these foods are not benign. They're not necessarily safe to consume on a day to day. We can actually pinpoint that in the science. Um, and um, we want to preserve our life, right? We want to preserve uh, our longevity. Um, and so not only is nutrition important, as I talked about before, but moving and grooving outdoors, getting regular exercise, 150 minutes a week, adequate sleep. Um, this is so important um, because we want to create routines that um, clean out the debris of the inflammation in our brain by sleeping well. And that sleep is a natural detoxification process. And then avoiding those, um, the drugs, um, like meth, you know, those are drugs are not um, when we talk about drugs, recreational drugs. So that's alcohol um, and meth and all those um, things that, um, you know, addictions that really worsen anxiety, depression, because sometimes um, I have patients who are addicted to all of those um, and smoking, right? We want to just stop smoking. And then mindfulness practices. So I know Chef AJ, we're both yogi fans. We, we incorporate it in our lifestyle. So move it, stretch, balance, meditate um, to clear your mind, because that allows us to know um, that we can move um, forward, um, activate the vagus, uh, vagus nervous system. And and have a sense of reducing our stress. So, um, and go. You can go ahead and look at the, our other lectures because you know the vagus nerve is so important to us, so that we can relax our our brain and relax our immune system. And we love talking about this on a daily basis because we see results. It really does help and change people's lives. And so it's great to talk about this, Micah. Do you have anything else to add? No. So yeah. Um... Uh, the mental health component is so important for autoimmune diseases. It's under-recognized, it's under-treated, and by taking away the root cause, which is inflammation, the mental health part can also improve as well. So it takes a lot of specialists sometimes to overcome autoimmune diseases. Yeah, so it's a team. It's a team where we find that um, when you're going into these um, holes in our brain, meaning we feel depressed, we feel anxious, um, we need our mental health, um, our psychologists, um, even our uh, psychiatrists um, or our family medicine docs, inter internal medicine, rheumatologists, social workers, um, health coaches, um, everyone plays a big, big role. Um, so, you know, what's a story that you have about mental health patients? Patient or or even your lupus patient. Well, my mental health patient comes to you. 
I know we share one and, 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 you know, what's, what's gratifying is that, you know, depression and anxiety is um, something you can recognize, but also when they feel better in their autoimmune um, condition, they also get better in depression, and anxiety. Yes. Hi, Chef AJ. Can you hear us? I'm sorry. I had muted myself. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry about no, that. Because I wanted to, to. So and this is fascinating. And there, there's some questions that people had written in advance and some that probably are on this topic. So let's just go to the chat first to see if anybody has asked any questions about the topic. Okay. You know what I wanted to ask you, though, also, Dr. Mandala, when I was reading your resume, did you study with Dr. Neil Nedley? Yeah, well, you know, we I was at um so I did a whole excursion in in the bay um up in NorCal, you know, there's Santa Rosa, I went to Chu North, I went to um Weimar, and then I did I attended a lot of um Dr. Nedley's courses. I and I got all his books. So that's when I was hooked. <laughs> and so I was able to see what they do in their program. Um and it's it's so it's different because there's an, a certain amount of exercise that needs to um be um, done for patients to see a therapeutic impact. And there's a certain type of um, nutrition and um, way of eating. Um, so not, not everyone can handle intermittent fasting when someone's depressed and, anxiety and anxious. We actually need higher amounts of omega-3 and nutrition. So it's very specific. And yes, um, Dr. Nedley is amazing. Because no, um, he's my doctor. That's one of the reasons I moved oh, to really? So he's like my actual internal medicine doctor. And when I oh. saw or at New Start, I'm like, wow, that's because that, that's near me. Yeah, it's great. I love that area. It's beautiful with all the trees and hiking oh, yeah. over there. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Next time I see him, I'll mention him to you. Yeah. Thank so you. In, in, thank you. In the chat, Dinka says, I have rheumatoid arthritis and I've been on biomedication Ecterma for three years. It works, but what are the long-term consequences and can I ever get off it? And you should mention that you do work with patients even remotely. Yes. Yeah, so I have 15 state licenses. Um, I'm a board certified rheumatologist with multiple other certifications. And Actemra is one of the biologics out there. Long-term wise, I mean, it's if you don't see short-term side effects, sometimes long-term side effects can happen anytime. Um, sometimes these medications can stop working. Um, but overall, if it's working, I would say continue. But is there a chance to get off it? Potentially. You can't do it alone, unfortunately. Sometimes lifestyle medicine can help, but sometimes you need to go beyond that with integrated functional medicine. So if you're if you're on if you're seeing a regular rheumatologist, and you want to get off medications, it can be quite hard to do it alone. Thank you. And this is from Gail. She says, "Mom with massive depression, along with RA, thought it was from the discomfort, but it's more than that. Inflammation and brain is contributing. Also, diabetes and Alzheimer's." connected to interesting. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to just go through the chat. Usually I take the previously submitted ones first, but um, there's quite a few that came in, it, people wrote in. So let's acknowledge them. And the first one is from Bethany. And this was a, about the talk you gave about POTS last time. Mm -hmm. And she says, I have had POTS, in case people don't know what that is, I'm sure you'll tell them, for three years and I'm completely bedridden, a high salt diet made my rheumatoid arthritis worth, worse and a no salt diet makes my POTS worse. What do you think about the fact that doctors recommend a high salt diet for POTS? And have you treated someone with POTS without salt and seen them get well? Yeah, great question. So POTS is... Uh... It's a, it's a lot of words in there, postural orthostatic tachycardia uh, syndrome. So these patients um, have fast heart rates and um, can sometimes have anxiety and panic attacks. So usually, yes, high salt diet is one of the treatment uh, plans for POTS because their, their heart rate, um, there's a lot of shifts in the fluid in the vessels. So it is sometimes necessary, but patients that can't tolerate it, um, there are electrolytes are also very important as well. Um, a lot of fluid intake. I mean, there's ways around it. There's medications and other things. So unfortunately, yeah, if you go on a high salt diet, it can exacerbate RA. So it's very difficult in that situation. So and you need to look at supplements, you look at medications and other root causes as to why there's POTS and RA in general, and maybe that can help mitigate it. Um, so that's where functional medicine comes in and integrated medicine. 
Yeah, and, and you know, with our patients, we, we don't like to flood our patients with salt if not needed um, because there's there's other methods of getting um, salts in. And there's also other methods, um, if you go back to that lecture, of bringing back the, the fluid back up to your heart so you don't feel like you're fainting or lightheaded. So, um, yeah, if, you know, we're happy to help, um, I know it can be very overwhelming. Great. Thank you. And this is from Debbie, and it's about Crohn's disease. And she said, can you talk about specifically whether the diet you recommend can help heal that disease as well? Yeah, so, you know, a plant-based diet can help and heal Crohn's disease. Um, not everyone will get fixed with a plant-based diet with Crohn's disease, but it's possible. Um, some patients need medications, supplements, and other things. There's, it takes multiple factors. You need mental health. You need um, you know, look at root causes. So. There are cases where a whole food plant-based diet did fix people with Crohn's disease. It's possible. It's out there. Um, but not everyone's made the same. Genetics plays a role. The severity of the disease, how long you've had the disease. There's so many um, factors here, but it is worth a shot. Yeah, and I think what's encouraging is um, I, I help patients with Crohn's disease or IBD, IBS, you know, it's a very complex disease. Um, but when you're able to identify your triggers um, and be able to um, um, really keep track of that, you're able to lessen the the amounts of flares. So that's our goal too, is, you know, help overcome not only the, the disease, but the frequency of flares. So um, yeah, just don't give up if you're going on the plant-based journey, because that is still going to help all your other organs and help reduce the risk of diabetes, um, high cholesterol, obesity. So you're in the win if you're already doing plant-based. Uh, perfect. Uh, this is from Anonymous, and they want to know if eczema is an autoimmune disease and can a person get rid of it if they're already on a whole food plant-based diet, they feel like it's a bad game of whack-a-mole. Yeah, so eczema is um, a disease of the immune system. It's not exactly an autoimmune disease, um, but it's a disease of inflammation. And yes, usually dermatologists treat it, but we treat it in our office. We use integrative and functional medicine to treat patients beyond just a whole food plant-based diet. So we have seen patients get better, even if they're just on a whole food plant-based diet and they haven't improved yet to the point that they want, we do have therapies in our office that can help them. Yeah. Let's and see. I would say eczema, you know, it starts very young and through adult years. And so it, it can be something that can be a hard cycle to break, but it is, it is definitely possible. And, mm -hmm. and you, and you still need all those, um, I would say high rich, high dense foods. And, and I would say patients come to our office uh, sometimes that have seen 10 doctors have gone to the most prestigious universities. I've never, haven't felt any relief. And sometimes we're the ones that actually and diagnose them properly and actually treat them. Um, so we get those patients. Nice. And is I, I don't know if I'll put show show SGO. Showgrins. Yeah, you Shogrins. got that. Yeah. Okay, Showgrins. There's a question from Suzanne and is asking that somebody in her family has had it for 10 years. It affects eyes, bones, and teeth. She's recently gone plant-based. What other advice would you give someone with this condition other than the diet? Yeah. So lifestyle medicine, uh, Prescription is really important with exercise, proper sleep, um, mental health, um, avoiding risky substances. So, be, so that's the foundation. And beyond that, it's very personalized and tailored. So you need to talk about supplements, herbs. So root cause analysis. Why does a patient have Sjogren? So that's where functional medicine kicks in. So that's why we have all these certifications. So we can attack these diseases from multiple approaches. Nice. I think I got all the ones that everyone wrote in. So let me go back to the chat and see if anything else was added. Um, let's see. Well, this isn't about uh, autoimmune disease specifically, but Laura says special education costs skyrocket and I don't know what this means. SAU hire expensive professionals, but never focus on nutrition. How to tackle school food parents and school systems that never focus on nutrition. That's not an easy question to answer. Yeah, yeah no. It's a long discussion. I would say, you know, it's all about the policies in place, right? It's hard, you know, there's a top-down approach and the bottom-up and the grassroots um, are actually us people, the families who go in there and show healthy meals or go in there and talk to their principals or talk to the, the cafeteria directors and, and give them options and give them examples. You know, in California, they're mandating more plant-based foods in hospitals, in schools. So, you know, 
there are examples. And then in New York, we know our the mayor over there, right? Um, it's it's amazing, Eric Adams, you know, really pushing uh, medicine forward in way of food is medicine um, and making those shifts. And we have a critical mass now more than ever of physicians, healthcare providers coming together united, saying enough is enough. Um, and we see this impact from coast to coast, like for the first, for the very first time. And then there's through the White House, um, there's an agreement between the American College and Lifestyle Medicine saying that you know, there is a commitment to train our physicians um, with more food as medicine, more lifestyle medicine curriculum. So you're going to see a big shift. Um, we're finally coming together as a society and you're as parents, as families, it's really your voice is, are being heard. And you're, you know, not only are you, you the patients, but you are probably have your family members who are sick and tired of the way they're feeling. So keep speaking up, speak to your local politicians because higher higher up, there's there's already a big yes. So we just need to start from all of us at the community level. Yeah. Somebody's saying, I guess in general for well, maybe every disease, but specifically autoimmune, that they think sugar is a big no-no, that it triggers ups and downs, but it's hard to get off. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, it can be very addicting. Um, but then if you replace it with other healthy sugars through, you know, our favorites, um, fruits and other types of or dates, it can be um, a cycle to break. I know that you have a passion about cooking. I bet people would love to see you do a cooking demo at some point for foods that, you know, help with uh, specifically with autoimmune disease. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's a couple on my YouTube, Dr. Melissa's Kitchen. I have a bunch on my Instagram, Dr. Melissa's Kitchen, and my website, so melissamandalamd.com. And yeah, I'll, I'm happy to do a demo next time. I know next time we're going to do chronic fatigue. Maybe we'll see if we can squeeze another one in. Nice. Or you can, let's see, well, let's next month, May. or you could do it in June if you'd rather just do, do chronic fatigue next month and then just do the demo in, in June, whatever you prefer. We're, we're, we're appreciative. Uh, Diana Thanks. says, how many cases have you seen? I, I'm, do Diana, cases of what? I don't know what disease you're asking about. Because <laughs> I'm sure they've seen a lot of cases, but are you specifically, which we've mentioned quite a few autoimmune diseases this this session. So you got to be a little more specific. Yes. How many cases have you both seen specifically? Thousands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. This is great. So, but which one do you think you see the most and which is the most common? Yeah. For autoimmune diseases, um, rheumatoid arthritis a lot, psoriatic arthritis. We see um, uh, lupus, Sjogren's, um, people come to me for um, ex us for eczema, um, for psoriasis, we treat that too. Uh, we see allergic reactions, mass activation syndrome, we see POTS. I mean, we see everything because people come to us not only as um, the first doctor they see, but sometimes the 10th opinion, 15th opinion, where no one else can give them answers and they find us and because of our unique background, we're able to finally give them answers. I, I left out a very important word from Diana. How many success cases have you seen? Is it that hard to measure? Sorry, that's a very important word. So not how many cases, but how many people have you seen, I guess, recover or manage their disease successfully? Sorry, Diana. Didn't yeah, we, we, I mean, I can't count the number at the top of my head because um, every success can be uh, defined in different ways. Success could be coming off medications. Success could be going to remission with medications. So and we, ha we have a lot of success stories um, if you're looking at the different definitions of success, but patients that are whole food plant-based and have cough medication, we do have cases like that. Right. Yeah. And, and I would say majority of our patients, we see great results. Um, he, it's in the high numbers and, you know, and one day we hope to publish all of this. We're just in the field working that. Um, you're busy working to write paper. Now. But, but the time will come. <laughs> that is great. Here's a question about tea. And it's from Maryland. Do you know any teas that you can recommend to help with inflammation? Um, Turmeric tea is great uh, um, for anxiety, chamomile tea. Um, there are Asian teas out there like oolong tea. Um, there's so many different teas out there. Yeah, and, you know, every tea has its purpose. So, you know, hibiscus is great for blood pressure. And, you know, teas, um, the main thing is you're having a lot of high antioxidant teas. Um, so green teas are really great as well. Nice. Let's see if there's uh, somebody looks like somebody texted a question. Uh, nearly vegan, already plant-based, lots of stuff 
Uh, but oh, but I still have a high C reactive protein. Why does that happen? Um, because food is just one aspect of things. Um, and sometimes the food can be so complicated. Sometimes a plant-based diet doesn't bring down the inflammation. You need supplements, you need other things to attack it. And sometimes patients can be reacting to different things like starches patients can react to. So not everyone's made the same. So sometimes patients react to beans that can trigger them because of the gut microbiome is different from other people. Um, so just a uh, hopeful happy side is a great diet, but not everyone will be magically cured from it. Um, it takes so many aspects and takes deep dive, maybe the gut, gut microbiome testing to look at what else is going on. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's not easy. Yeah. Gail says these two doctors are fantastic. So thank you for saying that. And so uh, somebody's saying that not all functional doctors recommend vegan. I would mess, imagine most of them don't. Hard mm -hmm. to find one near me that doesn't recommend meat. Then go to these doctors because they won't mm -hmm. recommend meat. And you can see them virtually if you don't yeah. live in California. He said he's licensed in, I believe, 28 states. So consider doing that. So Marilyn's saying, is there any ointment for uh, our, the relief of arthritis? I think you're going to need more than an ointment, probably. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's more than an ointment. Yeah. You guys should make a custom tea to treat all the things you mentioned with <laughs> tea, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just drink up in one cream. <laughs> It'll be cure tea. Yeah. Yeah. So we answered the C-reactor protein question. I, I see you posted it again. He was saying it's multifactorial. Um, I don't know if they know this, but I'll ask it what to eat to strengthen your foot from tarsal tunnel syndrome. Yeah, that's a complex um, question because it's similar to carpal tunnel syndrome or when the ulnar nerve is compressed, mainly you look at, um, all these symptoms are from inflammation. So if you're able to eat plant-based eating, that reduces inflammation and opens up that area so that you have less pain and nerve um, um, sensations that may cause numbness. Nice, nice. Well, uh, oh, here. Uh, Dinka is saying, they often say that tomatoes are bad for RA. And uh, she did an experiment where she ate them for a month and it didn't get worse. Maybe that's an individual thing for different people. Right. That's an, uh, tomatoes are part of the nightshades family. Um, there are um, reports on the internet that it can be inflammatory for autumn disease and arthritis in general. But I would say that's very individualized and the science behind that is very weak. I eat tomatoes. I don't flare. I love tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, everyone's a little bit different. Yeah. A lot of people do okay with tomatoes. Yeah. And that's the thing. Sometimes they take out all the nightshades when maybe it's maybe just one nightshade, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, we look forward to chronic fatigue because a lot of people, even if they don't have it, they feel like they have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In exactly. our world, everyone's yeah, weighing down. We look forward to talking about it next time. Yeah. I think everybody's tired. Well, thank you so much, doctors. I really appreciate your presence. Thanks, Chef AJ. Take care and Take thanks care. all of you. Thank you. Thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Lab. Please come back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time for the plant-based kitchenista, Chef Kelly Williamson, all things Thai, including Thai burritos. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.